0: I don't ask anybody's question, but yours. since you're an idiot,
1: my wife can score more than two buckets on eleven shots because I know my wife will at least shot fake one time.
0: I want they bury me upside down, and my critics can kiss my. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Made for March podcast. Tim Leonard, Tyler Rocky, happy to have you with us today again. Thanks for listening. As always, you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and find us on Twitter at Made the number 4March for, for live updates of the big games and any other college basketball news that comes across the wire. We're always tweeted out over there. Ty, crazy sports weekend overall, and I, I feel like. There was so much to digest this weekend, but it was also like a, a very good college basketball weekend. We had some upsets. We had that big Gonzaga-Iowa game. So there's a lot to talk about today.
1: Here's what I'll say. At least we're not college football, right? I mean, they, yeah. what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's up in arms. You've got the the and fans losing their minds. The Cincinnati fans are like, why are we even playing these games anymore? You've got Ohio State who was like, yeah, we kind of knew we were getting in. Notre Dame, big name program. They got in. At least we're not college football, because when you get to the point where the, what was it, the the director of the the committee was asked, can you, if you're a mid-major team or, I guess, a a non-power conference school, can you get into the playoff? And their answer was yes. I I just didn't understand that whatsoever. It's so clear that you cannot get into the playoff.
0: And that's what's so funny. We're going to start the show today talking about Gonzaga, which is the number one team in the country that is literally not possible in college football to get a program yeah. <laughs> that is at the level of Gonzaga to make it to that pedigree or make it to that level. And that's what's such a shame about the system right now. It feels like it's just inevitable that they are going to go to an 18 playoff at some point, and it's going to benefit everyone. I, I get that then the argument becomes for people that don't think that'll cure it totally, that nine and 10 will then be a big deal. But at least a team like Cincinnati would have gotten in this year at an 18 playoff or, A team like maybe a Boise State when they had that run. But there's such a hard ceiling on those programs right now. And the cool thing in college hoops is Gonzaga, it doesn't really have a ceiling. They shattered through that. Now, it's very rare that a team gets to the pedigree that Gonzaga does. It's still challenging, but at least it's possible. It's not possible right now in college football. It's sustained success for Gonzaga.
1: That's the big thing. Did you see Pete? that Thamel's tweet from last night he says i really feel for cincinnati they went 9-0 won a league title and beat three ranked teams they blew out seven of nine teams on their schedule and finished number seven in scoring defense cfp is becoming like the ncaa tournament committee a cabal that annually blocks out mid-majors what, what? Like, every, <laughs> every year there's a, a ton of mid-majors that get into this thing a ton that go out and actually win some games and i mean we look at a season ago we, we had an inside track to have three mid-majors at least. Well, I, I shouldn't say three mid-majors be one-seeds, but it wouldn't have been unlikely yeah. that... like If you saw San Diego State, Dayton, Gonzaga as one-seeds in the tournament last year, you would not have been surprised. You would have been like, all right, cool, and then maybe you throw in what? Like a Florida State, the ACC winner probably would have gotten the Which last one. Which is still
0: a weird... like, And Baylor was involved last year, so I don't really get that right. argument at all. That's, yeah, no, yeah. so I just thought
1: that was kind of out of touch or or whatever and that's nothing against Pete it's just like I think the the comparison there just isn't there I I I definitely feel for a team like Cincinnati I mean what can you imagine and I get that we're comparing a a nine game season in in a season that's usually 12 13 games to a season that's usually 30 to 33 35 games but it's how, how can you let a team not get in that's undefeated I, I just never will understand that logic and you can say like oh it'll be a blowout or whatever but go through and look at the box scores of every single year of the college football playoff you maybe get one good game a year in the college <laughs> yeah. football
0: playoff there's usually two 66 percent of the games are blowouts and that's the thing when everyone argues about Texas A&M and Notre Dame. I get it. Like, it it was kind of ridiculous, and I get why people are up in arms about it. But at the same time, those two teams are just fighting for the right to lose to Bama by 25 in reality. So it's it's not like it's that big. Of, I don't know. It's just the whole playoff system and the whole just situation around college football is not an enviable situation right now. I feel like college basketball, that's the one great thing about college hoops is – it celebrates the mid-majors, and anyone kind of has a shot once it gets down to the tournament. And maybe even to a fault, teams in a single elimination tournament can go on runs, and sometimes maybe you don't crown the team that was the best that year, and maybe that's an argument against it. But it's in a position where you look across all the other sports, NBA, NFL, whatever. NBA, I know Giannis just signed, but the small market teams are at a huge disadvantage unless they strike gold in the draft or get a lot of things to fall their way, and they basically have to tank to do that because of the situation in the NBA. But in general, college hoops is in a good spot in terms of leveling out the playing field for everyone involved. For football, I've been touting this idea around for the playoffs. Some people are like, oh, we want a, a
1: 16 playoff or an 18 playoff or a 16, whatever, whatever number. Here's the, the strategy I've been going, Tim. It, this is what I would like to see the college football playoff ad- adopt. I want to see because I, I don't know about you, but I couldn't give a lick about any of the, the New Year's Six Bowls. I, I don't care about any yeah. of the ones that are not playoff. You can say the fanfare, all that stuff. To me, if you go into a season and it can go undefeated and, and you essentially play for nothing, play for a, a trophy that has like a couple of oranges in it, like that, that, to me, that, that, that just is not enticing enough. To me, I want to be playing to be crowned the, the national champion of the entire country. So the way that I would like to see the college football playoff change is kind of adopt a golf model where it's the top four and ties. And by ties, I'm talking about the undefeateds because if you go undefeated in a season and you can't play for a national title, to me, that's just a crime. And for those saying, well, everyone's going to just schedule a lot easier. Well, no, you're not because all these conferences are still going to be playing eight, nine games of conference play. And then on top of that, I mean, do you know how hard it is to go undefeated over a 12- or 13-game season? It is unbelievably hard in, in football yeah. to do that. So you have to be among the best of the best to be able to pull off something like that. So for me, I want to see top four and ties. So you get whoever the college football playoff committee has as their top four. And again, there's going to be some undefeateds in that top four. So top four, and then you get the ties. So uh, this year it would have been, what, Coastal Carolina- And then you also have uh, Cincinnati get into that college football playoff. And then from there, so you would assign by. So some some years you're going to have just four teams. Some years you might have five or six teams, seven teams. And then I think you use the bowl games, those extra New Year's six bowls, to be part of the college
0: football playoff. And I think that's good for the branding of those bowl games as well. Yeah, I would just say make it eight teams. (laughs) Because then it kind of solves the thing that you're talking about. And but I think this a, to a
1: degree rewards the regular season a little bit more. Like then you're actually playing for something to be that number one overall team because there's a chance that you could get a buy.
0: Yeah. I don't really know how they would make it work with seven teams, though. Like I, I get Well, the
1: NFL's that, doing seven teams. In, yeah, in each I I conference. get that.
0: I, I guess it's possible You can make I it work. Know. There's always a way to make it work. Right. And I think there is the beauty in it that it's very simple, and it's just like, okay, one plays four, two plays three, and it's easy to track. So I'm, I'm all for it. Or you do it like a first four. Like
1: you do it, okay, so you've got the, you take five or six plays three, and, and four plays five, and then they play one and two. Like you just do it like the first four. And I think that would be the, because you want to say, oh, well, there would be a blowout. Well, you might not get a blowout if Notre Dame plays Cincinnati you might not yeah. get a blowout if notre dame plays texas a&m so well, why not do that it produce it, better that, games then it would yeah, produce much point. better games and you could say oh well that's the new year six well the new year six they're not necessarily playing for anything they're not playing to be crowned national champions they're playing to be crowned the the winner of the peach bowl or whatever so <laughs> i don't know i i've i've always been against the the whole bowl system i think it's very overblown and I'm not a huge fan of of watching the like. I saw there was a the Myrtle Beach Bowl on earlier today, and I tuned in for a little bit. And I just no thanks.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it's it's the type of thing that if you could restart it all and you could get everyone involved in it to just hit the reset button magically and start from scratch, there's no way that they would get to where we are right now. Where you have all these bowl games. Yeah, the playoff is a money grab. Uh, And sure, okay, it's a money grab, whatever,
1: but if you expand it to the point where you get more money, then no one complains. Like The money grab produces more money, and I think everyone is a little bit happier. And I know some people just want to see the the Bama-Clemson, but those were the same people that were complaining about the BCS system. So uh, to me, do I think we're going to see Bama-Clemson this year? Yeah, probably, but guess what? I, I think there's a more perfect way to get to that. And who knows? Maybe you catch them off for a game.
0: All right. Well, let's get into college basketball, which is the actual topic of this podcast. That's I thought, I thought that was a good conversation, though. It's just, the topic you know. is that at least we're not college football, right? Yes. Like the, and, the big winner of the weekend, co- college basketball and Gonzaga, because they can get to number one. And once again, they look like the number one team. They just give it to Iowa. I know they only won by eleven. I think was the final score, ninety nine eighty eight, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, this game was totally in control, basically from the 10-minute mark of the first half onward. Jalen Suggs comes back, and the only bright spot of Gonzaga getting the pause is that he looked fully healthy. He looked like one of the best players in the country again. And at this point, I I think Jalen Suggs is the best or the closest thing to Zion since Zion. Now, I hate to compare him to Zion. I really think that. I mean, he's so much fun to watch. And I know there's been this massive void that we've talked about a lot since Zion. And no one's going to be Zion. It's unrealistic to put someone on that pedestal. But he is the best freshman in terms of checking boxes of enjoyment to watch, caliber of player, highlight real stuff, playing on a really good team. He's just unreal to watch. And I feel like he's not getting enough credit for what he's doing and not getting enough national attention right now.
1: So, I didn't think you were going to come out here firing from the hip this early, but...
0: I don't think that's um, even that ridiculous, but go on. I I wouldn't say he's the most... Well,
1: I think there is a crop of three really fun freshmen, and we have seen it, because that Duke team did have three really fun freshmen to watch. But, the difference is, these guys are all spread out. You've got Scotty Barnes. I mean, you've got it coast to coast. You've got Scotty Barnes on the East Coast. You've got... Cade Cunningham in the Midwest, and then you've got Jalen Suggs out on the West Coast. And I think that is overall good for the entire sport of college basketball. S- Suggs was fantastic in this game. Seven of ten from three. The The, the Pentagon shooting was in full effect for this one. And, not for Iowa, though. <laughs> not for Iowa. but <laughs> couldn't make a shot. Um, but, but when I look at Jalen Suggs, he's super fun to watch. And I know a lot of people are touting him as the number one pick. But I don't know if I'm quite there. Because I think... I'm still a, a team Scotty Barnes guy. I, I like watching Scotty. In fact, and this is no knock at Suggs. I don't want this to be taken as, oh, Tyler hates Jalen Suggs. No, but of the three freshmen I mentioned, I think I like watching Suggs the third most.
0: Really? But, Gosh. Yeah,
1: I, I just love watching Cade. I love watching Scotty Barnes. And I don't know what it is, but I, I just, I'm more drawn to, to watching those guys over Jalen Suggs. And listen, I love Jalen Suggs. <laughs> like, yeah. When I when I say those are my three favorite freshmen to watch, they're probably actually my three favorite players to watch. So that that's the whole thing. And I think this is overall really good for the sport when you see these guys in different coasts and um, they're on all sorts of different teams too. And they're all pretty good teams and they're leading their teams. And I mean, some combination of those three, probably going to be the, the first three picks in the NBA draft. Maybe there'll be some of those G League guys that get thrown into that top three, top five, but uh, among the college guys, first three off the board, it'll be those three.
0: I just, What more do you want in a basketball player than Jalen Suggs? And I know that it's getting annoying the broadcasters calling him a football player and bringing that up, but the way that he does anticipate some of those steals, and he's just an unbelievable athlete that happens to also be like very fine tuned skill wise basketball. And he, he seems to be way ahead of the curve. I did not think he was gonna be this good, but he goes out there, scores twenty-seven. I would say right now, Garza, I, I know he's he still was tremendous in this game. That's the thing. I think he missed like four shots. Yeah, he is thirty and ten. Another double. Thirty double and ten for him. in his sleep. He's he's so dominating that despite his team losing, Garza is still the Naismith front runner. I don't think it's really all that close. But Jalen Suggs is number two for me right now. In the Naismith race.
1: What seems more definitive to you right now? Gonzaga winning a national title or Garza winning Naismith Player of the Year?
0: Definitely Garza. I mean, as good as Gonzaga has been, it's a single elimination tournament. Right. And we've seen that not... But you could
1: also say, what happens if Luca Garza
0: gets injured at some point? Yeah, okay. But assuming that that's... I I still would say, even with the risk of an injury, Garza is more definitive because... Gonzaga is at plus 350 right now on Bovada to win it all. That's like about as high as I've seen a team not named Duke or not named a blue blood like in a while. So that's, I mean, that says a lot about how good this team is, but at the same time, I don't think I would bet that at plus 350, like as much as I love Gonzaga and I do think they're head and shoulders above the rest of the league right now and the rest of college basketball and I know a lot of people will say, "What about Baylor?" I really think if they played Baylor in a seven-game series, they would win that pretty easily on a neutral or I even think, if you had yeah. home and away. F- it's a five or
1: six-game series.
0: Yeah, and they blow them out in a couple games because they're right. that good. I mean, look, and they have look that at the teams punch. they've
1: beaten so far this year too. I mean, it's not like they're they're cruising against these these bad teams. No, you start. They've beaten three top ten teams in the country. Three of them, Kansas, West Virginia, Iowa, and then you also played Auburn and smoked Auburn. And guess what? Most of these games really haven't been that close. I guess you could say the closest one, both in score and in feel, was that West Virginia game when West Virginia was actually in control, but big reason why was because Jalen Suggs did get injured in that game.
0: Also, they got Virginia coming up December 26th. Once they get past them, if they do, I should say, I think they will. And it's intriguing because you bring up those teams, West Virginia, Kansas, defensive-minded teams. Iowa offensive mine. It doesn't really matter what you throw at Gonzaga right now. They're just beating these teams and beating them pretty soundly in these games. If they get past Virginia, then they go to conference play. Doesn't look like they're going to reschedule this Baylor game, unfortunately, because then that would answer a question of how much are they better than Baylor if they are. But I mean, there's no one inside the top 50 on Kenpom in their conference right now. So yeah, but
1: I mean, there's still a couple solid teams sprinkled in there. Like you've oh, got yeah. BYU, Saint Mary's, San, San Francisco's looked pretty good this year. So you've got some top 75s, but you don't yeah, have necessarily uh, the top 50s. And I think for a mid-major, that's all you can ask for, especially with Baylor or with uh, Gonzaga with the the non-con that they've played so far.
0: Oh no, I have nothing against like the West Coast Conference. I'm just laying it out that if they beat Virginia, there's a realistic shot they run the table going into the NCAA tournament. And we have not seen that in a while. No, San Diego State and pouring out for them because they lost this week, which snapped their streak. I think they, they lost to BYU. So there's an example of it. BYU could go and beat Gonzaga. Wouldn't be totally shocking. It's college basketball. It's a 40-minute game. Anything can happen. I still just feel like it's worth mentioning at this point, Yeah. the way they've looked, they could run the table in the regular season. And
1: they're not going to be in the top four of the college football playoffs, So it sucks for Mark Few and company. But have you seen the the Ken Palm projections for what their chance of an unbeaten record is right now? No. 24.5% to go undefeated. Now, they're projected to win every single game. But 24.5% to run the table is an absolutely immaculate number right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could see them playing in an Elite what eight was 19 game. games left, and 24.5% and yeah. to win all 19. And I remember there was that Kentucky team that ran the table and then lost in the NCAA tournament. I think an Indiana team actually pulled it all the way off once, but that's uncharted territory. I know they, they'll play Memphis, less games. Memphis that one but, year came very close. Oh, yeah, that's right. And maybe I'm mixing up Calipari teams. Maybe I it was, think he no, might I be, yeah. It was me- Memphis
1: in 08 was, was very close.
0: Yeah, that's right. I feel like there was one Kentucky team for some reason and I'd have to go back through the archives to find it. But bottom line is it doesn't happen often and it's probably a little premature to talk about it, but if they handle Virginia wouldn't shock me if they're at a point come NCAA tournament time where they're getting talked about as can they pull off a perfect season, almost like a a Clemson or an Alabama in football, but it's even more rare. Right. Listen, if, I'm wondering if you can get odds on this because I'd love
1: to know what, <laughs> like, can we, would you place a bet? Like, what would the odds have to be for you to place a bet on Gonzaga to run the table?
0: I mean, it'd have to be pretty high because Ken Palm's saying 24.5%. That's just regular season. Are you talking regular season or including Yeah, we'll go
1: regular season. Yeah, so scrap the, the WCC tournament. Um, What, like, February 27th is their final game against BYU. If they are still undefeated after that game, then you win your bet what do the odds have to be for you to to lay a little bit of money i'd probably take it if the, if we could get odds on it because Let, let's e- say i'm forcing you to make an a hundred dollar bet all right and you have to choose a minimum threshold of odds
0: like plus 650 so 650. then 650. i'd it. Okay. that's I'd a little lower six- than
1: i thought you would go i thought you'd be in like the the eight to a thousand range
0: yeah I mean, it, uh, that's minimum though. I don't think that's what the odds would be, and I don't know if this is out there anywhere. If anyone knows and they can track it down so we can bet on this, let us know. But yeah, it it would be. I'd be willing to bet on it. I think it's realistic. It happens right now. It's not. Yeah, they're just too deep. They they really yeah. are. I mean, you've got you've got Suggs. You've got Tim. I mean,
1: did you see the the rebounding numbers for Joel Jolie in this game? yeah it's unreal yeah, this team. 18 rebounds and I looked and I was like okay is this some sort of anomaly with him but no he's one of the best rebounders in the country and he's just a six foot five guard he's got the 18 in this game but I looked at his last three games he's got seven seven and nine so he's going out there averaging a double double with rebounds as a guard and that's just how impressive this team is top to bottom and then you've got Andrew Nemhard coming off the bench and and it, what they, they've got another guy coming in, a, a freshman who, who's going to be immediately eligible now, who's a four star in this upcoming class. His name is escape. I think his name's Ben Gregg, um, but he's going to be available now. So they might even have more am- ammunition coming in.
0: Yeah, if they I don't think they need it, but I guess it's, it's good to have just in case. And I don't know. I. I and it's feel a free like year they... for him,
1: too. They're, they're going to be in some blowouts and you might see him get into the game.
0: Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. And it's, yeah, you might as well use it because it's that free year. So, I mean, they turned the ball over a ton in this game. Garza went off on them, and Kispert and Timmy both fell out. It wasn't a flawless game from their end, and they're also coming off a 17-day pause, which worried me a little bit, but they still just come out. They run up and down the court, and they literally look like the varsity against the JV a little bit at times there. Like, Iowa did not stand a chance, and partially because— we can talk about Iowa a little bit. They just can't make stops. So once they get down in a game like that, I don't really see a way that they can come back at the way at the rate that their defense is playing in. That's our whole thing with them. It's It's been our thing forever is if they're not making shots like they were, if they go up against a team that can stop them or limit them a little bit on offense and has someone that can limit Garza because you can't stop him but corral him, Then it forces them to make some stops, and I just don't think their defense is good enough to win a national title. Right. Iowa's going to have off-shooting nights. You
1: just don't expect them to happen at the Pentagon. But Iowa is going to have some off-nights shooting the ball, and that's their problem right now is their shooting is is so good, but in this game, you go 4 of 22 from 3, 18%. That's not going to win you any games when you're Iowa because their defense is going to be off almost every night. So if you have a given that you're probably going to be allowing somewhere in the neighborhood of 75 to 85 points a night and your your offense is off well guess what you're probably going to lose some games and in the Big 10 i mean there are some really good teams in the Big 10 we've kind of outlined it they've got nine teams in the top 50 in terms of defense so if you've got some teams that can stifle you then guess what you're you're going to lose some games although it is worth noting that Iowa this is the best defensive team that they've played so far, and they still put up 88 in an awful shooting night for them.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Garza looked really good still, despite all that. All right, two of those really good teams in the Big Ten. Rutgers, Illinois played this weekend. I was on Rutgers. I think you were on Illinois. I was, was on Illinois game. this one, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it was kind of a, what I expected, but hats off to Rutgers again. I feel like Steve Peichel is just not getting enough credit, which is probably weird to say because I know some I mean, the poll came out. And they're 11. This is a top 10 team. Yeah, like, they should be higher. We have to call it
1: what, This is a top 10 basketball team right now. They're 17th in the country on Ken Palm, but I think they're much better than that. Their, their schedule coming up is pretty brutal. I don't know if you've taken a peek at it, but they've got... I'm sure. So so ever since the, the Big Ten ACC Challenge game when they had Syracuse, then they went, took on Maryland on the road, Illinois, and they've just rattled off these wins. They're, they're 6-0 right now. Now you've got Ohio State, Purdue, Iowa, Michigan State, Ohio State again. That is five teams in the top 27 on Ken Palm for your next uh, five games right there. So good luck. But th- this team, I mean, I would have said good luck heading into the Syracuse
0: game for the stretch that they were about to be on. And so far, they're 3-0. and Exactly. They will not end up with a earth shattering record and same will go for Illinois. Like the fact that Illinois has three losses already is a little misleading because although I think they've been a little bit underwhelming compared to their expectations, I talked about how this was one of those games where if you're really a national title contender, I'd like to see you go and grab it, but you can't take anything away from Rutgers. Ron Harper jr. Is he's playing like a top 10 player in the country right now. And there's a lot of guys that are playing playing like
1: a, a a Naismith guy. Like, if it weren't for Luca Garza being in his conference, he's probably going to. He probably would have won the Big Ten Player of the Year. Yeah, like he's been that good this year.
0: Desumu would be up there, but Dasumu, yeah. But yeah. I think,
1: in terms of what he's brought to the table, I think I think that that Ron Harper has meant more to his team than IO's meant to Illinois.
0: Also, Trace Jackson Davis, we should mention him. I guess, if yeah. You were but it, they but probably won't have the wins. Players.
1: I think to yeah to pull off that award for him
0: yeah no the thing about ron harper jr is he just doesn't look like he's going to be great at basketball (laughs) like i'm not gonna call the guy fat but that's what everyone's saying it's like he's a great fat player and he is like 6'6 250 or something like that he just has sort of an old school vibe to his game which is probably unfair to characterize it that way because The way he's playing, he'll get some NBA looks if he keeps playing like this. I mean, he's he's shooting
1: 52% from three right now, and he leads the team in attempts with 40.
0: It feels unsustainable, (laughs) but... He's knocking down shots. (laughs) Yeah, but he's he's attempted 40, so that leads you to believe that it could continue at this rate, somewhat close to where he is, and it won't. He's not going to finish the year shooting 52% from three, but... I mean, Rutgers hasn't even had Geo Baker fully healthy, and they're still doing what they're doing to this tough schedule. And I was like, I was starting to say earlier, Steve Peichel, I know he won coach of the year at some places last year. He almost deserves more credit. Like, this is an unbelievable transformation he has taken Rutgers on. And now I can legit say Rutgers is a top 10 team. I don't really see them, you know, cutting down the nets in March just because it's hard to wrap your head around that when it is Rutgers. But. If we're being objective about this whole thing, they have a top 10 resume right now and they have a group of guys that are playing incredibly well together. I look at this
1: team and and like you said, Paykel deserves a ton of credit here because I think he's gotten them to buy in on this idea of team basketball because, I mean, you look top to bottom. Like, Ron Harper, (laughs) if you were to put a billboard of players leading college basketball and say, one of these guys is not like the others... It's Ron Harper, and, and he, just because you said, he doesn't have the build of a guy who's going to be a superstar basketball player. He's not Jalen yeah, Right, exactly. And I think that's significant to this team because nothing they do is sexy. Absolutely nothing. They do it defensively, and then they get some timely shooting to go with it. I mean, just the fact that you had Miles Johnson, one of the best big men in the Big Ten last year. He started 24 games for this team a season ago, and now he's coming off the bench for a freshman who has stepped in. Now I get that that Miles Johnson plays more minutes than him, but the fact that Miles Johnson isn't a starter after starting 24 te- 24 games on a team that was going to the tournament last season and being one of the best big men in the Big 10 and he's taking a in theory a demotion to the bench to start the games and he just doesn't care. He I mean he's going out there and he's still posting one of the best offensive ratings on this team and he's playing phenomenal defense and phenomenal offense. I mean the way that he has contributed to this team in a, I guess you can call it a reserve role, but not really a reserve role. In a selfless role. And that's what this entire team is right now. Nobody embodies team like Rutgers right now.
0: It's awesome to, to watch them They play. are the they're, Miami they're Heat.
1: Like, aren't they the Miami Heat of, yeah. the, of college basketball right now? Nothing's too sexy. Jimmy Butler shouldn't be the, the star that's leading the way. Yet, somehow, you've got all these guys that are buying in to a coach that's just super
0: underrated. And this is the product they're putting together right now. And this is probably as good as it gets. Like you said, the schedule is going to get tougher from here. They're going to start losing games. And, you know, I, I think they've gotten some things to go their way to get to this point, but it's still worth acknowledging. What about I- Illinois for you? Because I- well, one,
1: one, one last Rutgers thing I want to yeah. know, because they have Ohio State coming up on, on Wednesday. This is perfect, all right? This is so, so perfect because Ohio State, you know, is going to go out and beat Rutgers probably and then just segue <laughs> their way all the way to number one in the net. Like, like, Let's get ahead of this right now. Ohio State will be number one in the net and it'll be because of this Rutgers win. So yeah,
0: Ohio State had a good win over UCLA this weekend, too. Yeah, they so did. they're trending. Yep. Yep. Um, Illinois, yeah, though. Illinois. Are, yeah. are you concerned? I mean, I'm concerned. I'm not concerned concerned. I'm... I can't make stops. Like ninety-one points, I did not see Rutgers doing that to them.
1: Yeah, the defense has been a little bit concerning. I mean, we've seen it in the losses. The losses defensively have been quasi meltdowns. I mean, Baylor put eighty-two on you, Missouri put eighty-one, and then Rutgers with ninety-one. So the defense is concerning, but offensively, they're one of the the most efficient teams in the country. They're second right now in three-point shooting at 45%, their third in effective field goal percentage. So they are getting phenomenal offensive looks. They're the number seven team in the country on Ken Palm offensively. But the defense, to me, is something that continues to be concerning. And I think it really comes down to what are you going to get out of Adam Miller? Because the the Jekyll and Hyde with him is what determines this. Because, like, Io can be great. We know is going to be great every single night. Kofi's going to be great every single night. But it's who is going to be that third guy? Is it going to be Andre Corbello coming in off the bench? Is it going to be Adam Miller who's going to put on a show for you like he did against Duke? Is it going to be Trent Frazier? Can DeMonte Williams give you some semblance of something? So I look at all of that stuff and, and think to myself, who is going to be the third guy that steps up on this team? And I think that's a huge hole that they're, they're kind of trying to answer that to... And it's a difficult question for Brad Underwood because... Uh,
0: we see inconsistency at that third spot for Illinois in all of their losses. And that that's something I brought up when they lost to Baylor. It did. It does feel like they're a player short, but also, I don't even really, like, that is not priority for me right now with them. It's They've got to be able to stop guard penetration and ball screens and just get some more stops defensively. I thought they were going to be better defensively, and Rutgers is not an offensive juggernaut. And at this point in the season— You look at the Big Ten, there's a lot of good teams, and they've already got three losses, not all in Big Ten play, of course. Actually, this is their first in Big Ten play, but I just, I don't know. I don't think they're going to get to the caliber of team that I envisioned them maybe being able to get to. I still think they have a shot to win the Big Ten, but I like what I'm seeing from Wisconsin. I think Iowa's looked better than I thought so far, even though they got blitzed against Gonzaga. Like, that happens, it's Gonzaga. And then Rutgers... Right now, if if you were to put Illinois in the Big Ten power rankings, where are they for you? Because I almost think there's a case that Rutgers has a better shot. I think
1: Rutgers is ahead of – like Rutgers has proven enough to me to be ahead of Illinois. In terms of the other teams that are ahead of Illinois in my eyes, I definitely see Iowa right now. Um, And and again, we're talking in the moment right now. I don't know if these will necessarily hold on long term, and I think Illinois could beat some of these teams ahead of them that I'm going to rank, but – I was definitely ahead of them right now. Rutgers is ahead of them right now. I don't know if I'd pin Wisconsin up there quite yet.
0: I mean, I, did you watch I'm, their I'm, game against Louisville?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they were really good, but how good is Louisville, too? Is well, the yeah, then question. they were coming like, off a lot. They like,
0: didn't have Carlick Jones.
1: Right, so how good is Louisville? They're battling injuries and all that
0: stuff. Um, I feel like they're probably neck and neck. I would probably... The only other team. I, that I, think I think Wisconsin's top five team in the country right now. I they're way above oof. Illinois for me. Just uh, they're because, not way
1: above Illinois in my eyes. I mean, well, Wisconsin hasn't beaten anyone in the top thirty of Ken Palm.
0: Yeah, but they also and, beat Louisville by like forty five, and they haven't played a bad schedule. And their one loss was to a team that beat them by one point on kind of a fluky situation where they probably shouldn't have had a foul called against them. So. In my eyes, they're almost undefeated if you want to look at it that way.
1: Well, uh, I don't like doing that sort of math there. But, I mean, Illinois has a convincing win over Duke. And you can say what you want about Duke, but that's a top 25 team in the country that they absolutely clobbered. So, and, and I think that win on the road too, I I, I, I pin that Duke win more. I, I think that's a better win than the the win that Wisconsin has over Louisville
0: right now. I, I have not liked what I've seen from Illinois. I'm I'm sort of surprised you're still kind of. How can hanging you not like
1: what you've seen?
0: They have three losses.
1: They haven't. Yeah, beat it's a like very anyone. good teams. <laughs> All on the road, they have not lost at home. They, like they go out, they play Baylor neutral site. They go to Missouri, and then they go to Rutgers. Like their losses have come away from home. So maybe Graham Couch doesn't love them, but they have. They did go out and and, and throttled Duke on the road too. So I'm comparing it. I can't sit here and say I don't like what I've seen out of Illinois because I like what I see. I know the pieces are there. I just think that some of the pieces are young right now. Like when you look at Andre Carbell, he's a freshman. Adam Miller, he's a freshman. I think those guys are just going to get a lot better over the course of this season, and once they start to see what's going on, what college basketball is all about, and hopefully that'll bring more consistency.
0: Put it this way, I think if Wisconsin plays Illinois, which I'm sure they will at some point coming up here.
1: Let's see. Um, Oh, they don't play for a while. They don't play, okay. I think, till February. Yeah, they play twice in February.
0: Let's just say, hypothetically, they play tomorrow at a neutral site. If Wisconsin was minus four, minus five, I would still take the Badgers.
1: You see, I would say the same thing, but on the Illinois side. If Illinois was minus four, minus five, I would really? take Illinois. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Dude, I i like like i like their pieces and i had a lot of high hopes for them but i think it's just pretty i think you're like you're ignoring the facts at this point to not acknowledge that they have underwhelmed they have three losses and the one when they have yes to really is good teams so i, I can't yeah, but mizzou i mean they should win that game ruckers they should, if they're really we're supposed to be a top ten team this year, like relative to what their expectations were, they've underwhelmed. There's I'm no. I'm calling
1: denying. them the the fourth best team in the Big Ten right now, like the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten, because I think Michigan is actually super impressive. I like what I've so, seen out of Michigan so far. Give me
0: this your year. power rankings
1: in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten, all right. So I told I like um I like I think Rutgers is the best team in the Big Ten right now. I really do. Uh, the the way that they have gone out and just proven it time and time again, give me Rutgers, followed by Iowa, then I'd probably go Michigan, and then I have Illinois and Wisconsin as a tie for four, but I think in a head-to-head, Illinois would win.
0: See, I would probably put Ohio State ahead of them, and even, I know Michigan State just lost to Northwestern, but you could make a case that they could be ahead of Illinois, and I would definitely have Wisconsin ahead of them. So I, I'd have some form of Iowa-Rutgers- Ohio State, Wisconsin as my top four, and then I'd probably even go Michigan State and then Illinois, and that's just a testament to how good the conference is. But I just haven't liked what I've seen from Illinois. Yeah, I and, haven't liked
1: what and, I've seen out of Michigan State though. Like, they are playing a lot of close games with teams they should not be playing close with.
0: Yeah, but I just—I mean, Illinois almost got lost. Cru- I mean, they—they they, they never too, had a, Ohio. a
1: fingerprint on that—that that Northwestern game.
0: Yeah, but Illinois almost lost to Ohio. Let's not forget about that. Okay, it's one
1: game, but I can go through. I can pick through. Oakland was a super close game uh, for Michigan State. Detroit was a super close game. Notre Dame was a super close game. They are playing against really bad teams and not playing well. You and I both know Northwestern is not a very good team.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I'd be curious to see where Illinois is like against the spread right now. I just feel like they haven't really delivered outside of the Duke game. And I think that Duke game just looked a little bit better in the moment. I Duke's not good at the end of the day. So we'll see. I mean, they've got Penn State, I think, coming up this week on Wednesday night. It's it's not like a disaster right now. I think they can get it back. I just don't think that they're the Big Ten favorite that at one point I thought they might be. No, yeah, I, I don't think
1: they're the Big Ten favorite. I, I would probably pin Rutgers or Iowa to win the Big Ten right now.
0: Right, okay. Let's move on here. UNC-Kentucky happened this weekend. Just, I think we can keep this one quick. Mike, big takeaway, Kentucky has just got major, major problems right now. Oh, my. And one in five, they're suspending players. They're sending guys that didn't even play in the game to the post-game presser. Keon Brooks has to answer questions for a game that he didn't even play in because I guess apparently no one wanted to do it, and they couldn't convince someone to do it. Calipari is looking rough in the post-game pressers. He's got the leather jacket on. It's just, it's a disaster right now. And I don't see how they get to the NCAA tournament conversation. Yeah, I mean,
1: he almost pulled the, pull, I, he essentially pulled the, the Coach K and walked up there, not with a, a USA basketball, but he pretty much did. But I mean, he should have just gone up there with like an NBA jacket on. That's what he should have done because that that's the goal of his program. Like, let's be honest. And you're seeing a Kentucky team right now that is the worst it's been since the 20s. And, I mean, this is the... When's the last time we've seen a Blue Blood look this bad? UNC,
0: last year, but I don't even think it was this bad. This
1: is that on steroids. This isn't even close to that. It's
0: earlier, and it's quicker, and it's probably worse, just in general.
1: This is unbelievable, what we've seen out of Kentucky. Just rolling flat every single... Now, is is Louisville going to be the get-right game day after Christmas... Is this going to be the get-right game for them? Because like I said, know...
0: there's no way to pick, no reason to pick them in any game right no, now. No, yeah,
1: I, I'm with yeah. you. But obviously there's the, the history there, and, and Kentucky pretty much owns that rivalry. But if there's any year that, that it's going to be Louisville, it's going to be this year. Right now, I mean, you're looking at these – it's a soft schedule for them. Okay, they've got Louisville, who's a little tough. Then after that, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Vandy. And there's no reason why – they should not come out of this four game stretch three and one. No, no excuse. And, and if they don't, then <laughs> you might see some some guys start to drop, like actually leave the program yeah. and just say, "Hey, I want to get ready for the NBA."
0: Yeah, it seems like there's some stuff going on in their locker room. I, you know, it's not worth speculating on, but just the way that everything has been handled, and you see Fletcher is complaining during the game about not getting minutes, and Cal just sort of openly talked about that. In the press conference, in terms of what they're doing on the court, they can't shoot, and they turn the ball over all the time. They have no point guard play. That's their biggest problem. We've talked about it for a while now. Eskew has been a disaster. So, in this game, they finally give what Kentucky fans have been yearning for and go to Terrence Clark at point guard. Well, he was awful in this game. Boston was not good in this game. It's the number one recruiting class in the country. They have two top ten guys, two McDonald's All-Americans, and Clark in Boston— and they basically gave you nothing and and what was for all intents and purposes a must win game against a high major blue blood team in UNC it's it's weird and, and the crazy thing too is they were up at halftime like they were not
1: in control of this game but they were the better team in the first half i don't think there's yeah. any denying that like they looked like they UNC were going to win a basketball bad, game and they won Yeah.
0: It, it wasn't a testament to unc whatsoever it was more kentucky's right. monster fire
1: right and, and that's the that's the problem right now is when you've got all of these freshmen and no one's bought in and you've got a guy who's been asked to leave the program temporarily, th- there's so much going on there. And I, I don't know what's going to happen w- with this Kentucky team moving forward. Because I do think we are going to see some guys start to drop, right? Like Probably. I mean, well, it's if not I'm a good in Boston, yeah. like Sure, NBA, it's not a though. great look, but it's... Uh, I, <laughs> if I'm one of these players, I, I'm feeling defeated right now. Like that, that's it's, the mentality yeah. in, in, in that locker room right now. To me, Kentucky ha- has morphed itself officially into this, what I like to call the newsletter program. And what that means is that think about all the like your high school, your, your college, and there's the newsletter that goes out and it's, it tells, says a little bit about that. But the part that they really want to emphasize is what their alums are doing. And right now, Kentucky can tout their alums all they want. You got Devin Booker, who just is coming off an impeccable season.
0: Yeah, just at, go to the Knicks roster. Phoenix. They've got like, all of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: just call, call Tom Thibodeau, like have him give a, a little, uh, like a, a celebrity—not alum, but like uh, a testimonial for for what, what Kentucky players can do. Um, and then like Anthony Davis just won an NBA championship. Like that's what this team is right now. Is they are spouting and living continually off of the success of their alums because they haven't had a ton of success. I mean, Cal's got one championship. Let's call a spade a spade here. Like, that's what he's got right now. Kevin ollie has got a championship. And he, he can't find a college job because of the, the stuff that went on with him. So th- that's the problem with Kentucky. And for Kentucky fans, like, you knew what you were getting yourself into when you hired Cal. Like, this is what it, like. For Kentucky fans that complain about losing, I don't get it. I don't get it because their goal isn't necessarily to win games. It is to develop NBA players. And sometimes those trains are on different tracks.
0: That's true. I, I do think Cal has been overall very, very good, though. It's Oh, absolutely. This is a I mean, big blip in the radar at the end right,
1: of the day. Right. I definitely think, but I don't think we're overreacting to what Kentucky is either. No, they, they like, should never be one in five. That's unacceptable. They should never be one in five. And and I think largely why they'd never go one in five too is because of the conference they play in. Like the SEC has never been the cream of the crop in terms of basketball.
0: Yeah. And that's why it's tough to visualize a tournament conversation for them. Because, I mean, I saw Seth Davis got on there or on the athletic. He was writing something recently and just said like, don't panic on Kentucky. I'm sorry, Seth. Like, where's the light at the end of the tunnel here? I I get it if it was two games in three games in, but there's just no way they're in the NCAA tournament at this point. I don't see a path to it unless they win the sec or come in the top two or three in the sec. And if you think the sec is going to be pretty good, which it might be a little bit worse than maybe we thought going in, but they've still got some decent teams. I like Tennessee a lot. I, like where know. would you put them where would
1: you like let's do the same exercise with Kentucky and the SEC where would you put them in the SEC right now because I'm looking at this conference and you've got more overachievers than underachievers like Arkansas 7 and 0 right now Missouri's 5 and 0 with some quality wins LSU's look solid Florida I know they're on pause right now but they're gonna be a really good team this year I think Tennessee is the cream of the crop and then you're kind of yeah. floating them in a tier with like Alabama and Auburn and Quite frankly, Alabama
0: is much better. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're pretty far down the list. You'd have to put them, I would say, in the 8-7 range without sort of looking at it completely. They're probably still ahead of the South Carolina tier or the Auburn tier, kind of in that mix. But yeah, I mean, they, they've got a lot of problems. And what they're doing is it nothing really gives you any optimism because they don't have a guard play they don't have a point guard and all these other guys that were supposed to be good just aren't living up to their billing at this point and there's no cohesion on that team whatsoever i've got a question for you here all right how how would kentucky fare in the pac 12 Ooh, they'd probably be like four or five i would say ucla oregon who are playing this week by the way i'm looking forward to that game they're ahead of them for sure Arizona State has a case. I think they're they're probably, even though they lost to UTEP, Arizona State in a seven-game series, I would take to beat Kentucky right Stanford, now. Stanford,
1: I would Stanford, take over Kentucky. Yeah. I think here's uh, the question. USC Colorado, Colorado. I would take over
0: Kentucky. Yeah. Yep. Definitely.
1: So those two are the, are the ones that I think are, are on the fence. And yeah, I would probably take both of them. I don't know if I'd take USC. Definitely Colorado. But... So what? <laughs> they're seventh in the Pac-12, and we're talking about them as some blue blood program. Like they're not UNC a from a, team. UNC from a year ago would not have been seventh in the Pac-12.
0: Now, and UNC at least started out the year. I think they beat Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. in Yes, Bahamas. they did down at Atlantis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had some wins, and they also were like five and one to start the year. You could tell that it was not as good as advertised, and you could tell that there were some signs there, but. Then Kobe White got hurt, and, and Cole, I don't Cole know, Anthony. like it's, oh gosh, thank you, Cole Anthony. It's not like it's, uh, it's an excuse right now for, I guess Keon Brooks is out, but it's not like Boston but went Keon down Brooks with an injury. Yeah, he's
1: not the difference in those five w- losses.
0: No, he he would maybe give them one more he if maybe are being generous. Yeah, he
1: maybe helps them beat Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, and keeps the train on the tracks a little bit more, but you're, you're totally right. All right. Let's go to some one and dones here. One and done, oh my guys. Obviously, we have one in our conference. It has a doctorate degree in one and duns, right? <laughs> a couple little thoughts on anything that stood out over the weekend or in college basketball right now. I'll start us off. Just want to shout out the Xavier Marquette game. Unreal finish to that game, yes. and one one of the better buzzer beaters I think I've like legit ever seen. I know it's it recent, but
1: immaculate. It's just yes. like.
0: It belongs in a in a promotional video. It's perfect. Yes. It's absolutely perfect for it. If you haven't seen the shot from Adam Kunkel, who has looked really good transferring for Belmont, go check it out because it was control, not even control chaos. It was just chaos, and then he grabs it and flings it off his back foot, essentially, and nails it. Right right before that, though, McEwen hits a four-point play to tie the game. Like It was a great finish yes, great to a very forward. intriguing game start to finish, really.
1: Yeah, no that that game was a lot of fun to watch. I caught that on a on tail end of it, um, but yeah, no that that was a, a really fun finish. Another game I want to talk about here real quick: Florida State and UCF. Uh, I didn't see this one coming from from the Seminoles. I don't know what happened with uh, with Leonard Hamilton and, and company, but they dropped this one. I I feel like this went super under the radar. I had no idea they lost until like Sunday afternoon when I saw it on Twitter, that they had lost to UCF. The, the game was played on Saturday, for context. So I feel like uh, Leonard Hamilton and company kind of got let off the hook a little bit for for the loss to UCF, but um, I don't know. I, I'm not worried about Florida State, although they do have a very very difficult stretch to, to open up ACC play. They have Clemson, then they're at Clemson, home against Duke, then at Syracuse to open up the ACC. But um, Florida State might drop a little bit these next couple of weeks, but I'm still very high on them.
0: Is the ACC low-key bad? Mm, I wouldn't say bad. The top tier is struggling I'm not ready though. to say bad Yeah, No one's really like grabbing it at the they top. Might have I thought the, it was Florida State, but...
1: They might have the strongest middle outside of the Big Ten.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, at this point, by the next polls... Who's gonna be their highest ranked team? I, I guess it depends on kind of what happens this week, but Florida State will probably drop some, and they were the highest ranked team going into the week at number fifteen. Well, so the the latest polls take into account the loss to UCF, but Oh right. Um, Where are they now? I, I missed the poll. It must have I come think, out this afternoon.
1: Yeah, it came out this afternoon. Um but I I'm not super worried about them long term. Just because I, I think they have the the experience on their team, and and uh, the the development of Scotty Barnes too is going to be something fun to watch as well. Uh, hold on, very close to pulling up these rankings,
0: Florida State. Yeah, I'm is... grabbing them too. It's a race. Florida State's
1: <laughs> 21 right now, and they're they got to um,
0: be the highest ranked team, right? Maybe Virginia. No, uh,
1: actually, Virginia is right now the highest ranked team at 16. Duke's ahead of Florida State, which I think is stupid, but that's okay. Um, no, and UNC and then... probably went up. unc is 17 so yeah so it goes virginia unc duke florida state and then virginia tech at 24 so it feels like uh the big 10 rankings like this is what we're used to seeing out of the big 10 where they're all kind of clustered in from from 15 to 25
0: yeah man bazoo up to 14 i'm just looking at these these polls now good for them they were what projected projected ninth in the SEC this year or something crazy? They've really outshined expectations. But all right, one and dones. We'll we'll roll along here. Uh, Creighton, UConn, UConn back in the Big East. Cool to see first game they played in Big East competition. I think since 2013 when the conference split up. A little disappointing that it wasn't them playing against an old Big East team. <laughs> They're playing Creighton, which. Kind of shows like how much the conference has changed since they left, and how it's a little like frustrating that it's that different. Given that Nebraska is, uh, they have a team in in Nebraska in the Big East now. But bottom line is, they had that game they should have won. They're at four with like 14 seconds left. They kind of blow it, and a big win for creating a team that has struggled to win close games so far. They already had two narrow losses, one to Marquette, one to Kansas. Good to see them win. I've been a little disappointed though in Creighton. I think Zagorowski has been like kind of lukewarm so far. He hasn't been bad. He just hasn't really catapulted himself into the conversation of one of the best guards in the country, like many probably expected.
1: Yeah, and that was my my upset pick too for the week. I, I liked um, I liked the the Huskies to go out and be. You know, it's funny we we pinned these perfectly this week. Like. I liked UConn to go beat Creighton. They had them all the way down the stretch, and then they kind of choked it away at the end. You had, what, Oklahoma State and Texas, and that was yeah. one of the closer games between ranked opponents. And then we also touted, you know, look out for Northwestern because we know <laughs> right. what, what happens between Northwestern and Michigan State. They'll they'll play a lot, of, a lot of weird games. Sometimes they'll end up looking like blowouts, but at the end of the day, they hang tough. And I'm, I'm looking right now, so since... What is this? Since twenty twelve, Northwestern has only beat Michigan State twice. Ooh. However, <laughs> they, there have been a lot of single digit games and, and some overtime matchups ever since uh, the turn of the the decade. So, yeah, uh, this lot. is once again this is once again another one of those games where Michigan State hung close, uh, or Northwestern hung close, and, and then this time they actually pulled it all the way. But I don't know what it is. like. This is like feels like the new uh, Bill Self handing a win to, to Oklahoma State or, or handing a close game to, to Oklahoma State to pump up the tires of the program.
0: Yeah, it might, you might be onto something I'm trying there. to find the link here.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to find the link, and I can't.
0: Yeah, it's weird that they always play them tough. It, it wasn't that shocking, but at the same time, it's like Michigan State should just be better than that. They should be able to avoid those let-down games at this point. You would expect a team in that type of conversation to avoid it. James Booknight, 40 points in this game. He is, I would say he's an All-American right now. Maybe not first team, but, I mean, he's on a short list of guys that have been just exceptional this year. Trace Jackson Davis is in the conversation. Ron Harper we talked about. You know, you still have to include the Gonzaga guys, Sug, Kisper, Timmy. They're all in the All-American watch list if there is such a thing. Obviously, Garza is a first-teamer, Desumu, Jared Butler. There's a lot of good players, but I like James Booknight is a top-ten player in the country right now, I'd say. Yeah, he he's looked really good, and we pegged him as one of those guys to watch
1: at the beginning of the year. Watch James Booknight, watch UConn basketball, because they've got an exciting player like Booknight who can, can bring that program. Again, they're not very good outside of Booknight, but... Book night alone is one of those guys who's worth watching night in and night out. Last one I've got here, Penny Hardaway, five-year extension with Memphis. Spend the money really? wisely. Spend I it wisely. That. <laughs> so that, that came across, right. that was about, out at a, uh, about noon today. So um, he's going to be around. And uh, let's be honest, it's, it's the same situation as Cal. So Memphis fans, don't get upset when, when your teams don't win very much. But you're going to have some of the best players on your program every single year.
0: Yeah. Okay, games to look out for this week before we kind of wrap it up here. Tuesday night, uh, some intriguing games. In the Big 12, you got West Virginia at Kansas. West Virginia, we could talk about them a little bit. They almost lost to Iowa State. That was kind of bizarre, but at least they avoided it. So good to see them still get the win. I think West Virginia-Kansas, definitely two top 10 teams at that point. Intriguing matchup because Kansas seems like they've been involved in a lot of close, really good games so far, and I've gotten to watch a lot of Kansas, so... I feel like I have a good gauge for both of those teams, and I would probably lean Kansas right now just because they're at home, but I, I could see that game going to West Virginia at, at this point. I like Kansas in this one, too. I just feel like
1: they're only losses to Gonzaga right now, and I feel yeah. like they're not getting enough credit because of that. Like You see the one, and you see the, the one in the L column, and I feel like they're not getting credit because of who they came against, a team that is on a completely other tier from everyone else. However, you can say the same thing about West Virginia right now. Um, Both of these teams have lost to Gonzaga and West Virginia did play the closer games. uh, But no, I'm with you. I would probably lean Kansas in that one.
0: Another Big 12 game on Tuesday night. Texas Tech at Oklahoma will be kind of intriguing to watch. And then in the ACC, one of my favorite games every year, UNC at NC State, Pack Pride taking on the Tar Heels. It's the rivalry that is Probably, it's definitely not UNC's biggest rivalry, but it's probably NC State's biggest rival. And it's also just this like little brother, big brother game that is always fascinating to watch because NC State always feels like they might be able to chip off UNC. We'll see. I mean, I think it'll be pretty close this year. NC State's looked all right. They've lost a slew already and haven't really had a chance to beat anyone outside of that. So... Still kind of TBD on them, but I'm a little worried as a UNC guy that, that on the road at NC State, they might trip them up this year. The rivalry there, it, it reminds me of every
1: intercity baseball rivalry, like Mets and Yankees, Cubs and White Sox, Dodgers, Angels. There's a clear big brother, <laughs> and, and the big brother doesn't care about the rivalry, but the fan base of little brother does, and yeah. that's exactly what it is. It's the same thing.
0: Right. Uh, In the Big Ten, Purdue at Iowa on Tuesday night. That'll be intriguing to watch. I think Iowa will probably win that game, bounce back, if I were to guess. But there's just going to be so many fun games in the Big Ten this year. And kind of that category of, okay, can the home team hold ground or hold serve, so to speak? And that's what we got with Rutgers and Illinois. They they were the home team. Now, we'll see. I think Illinois does play at home against Rutgers later on in the season. It's going to be fun to kind of watch these games develop because... As we talked about a lot, the Big Ten is going to have some eight, lost loss teams that are really, really good. It's just how good the conference is.
1: Right. Every night's going to be a dogfight in that
0: conference. Yeah. Uh, one last game on Tuesday night to mention. San Diego State versus St. Mary's will be kind of intriguing. But then Wednesday night is probably a little bit better of a night because Nova's at Marquette. Rutgers is at Ohio State. We mentioned that earlier. Illinois at Penn State. And then UCLA at Oregon will be kind of fun to watch is who's kind of grabbing hold of the early lead in, in the clubhouse in terms of the Pac-12, because I would say those two teams are, are probably in a tier of their own at this point. I, I don't think you can put Arizona State in there. Stanford has a case. Colorado has a case. But I would still lean UCLA and Oregon as the the two front runners in the Pac-12. I would say if there's one night, if, if let's say
1: that you maybe you've got family that you got to do, you got like some some Christmas obligations or whatever. If there's one night that you get to commit to basketball, make it Wednesday night. Yeah. Because th- I
0: think the the best games are on Wednesday this week. Right. And Tuesday, you got the NBA coming back. So I think I'm, I'm I know some people probably hate the NBA that listen to this podcast, but you got Kyrie against Steph in, in the first game. It's going to be a little intriguing to... That is a sacrilegious that. statement for the for the show. Yeah, sacrilegious. I know. I'll still watch college chips. I'll do the dual screen probably, and, and keep an eye on West Virginia, Kansas, and some of those games. Any other games you wanted to shout out this week? We we probably won't be. Oh on yeah, later we're not going to be week.
1: here for later on in the week. Um, and I, this is the dumbest thing I think in college athletics, but there are games on Christmas. Yeah, Why? it's so stupid. I don't know. Coach K is going to be running the guys' sprints on Christmas probably. So. Um, but right. I don't think Wisconsin, <laughs> Wisconsin, Michigan State. That's on on Christmas for what? I mean, there's a there's a three pack of Big Ten games on, on Christmas, and and I, I think don't there's get four, it. Four right? Uh, is there four? Oh, there's three three games involving ranked teams on Christmas. Um, yeah, and then uh, the day after Saturday, we get Gonzaga at uh, Virginia, so that that'll be a fun one too. And then Illinois, Indiana. So there there's a great weekend of hoops right after Christmas too.
0: Yeah, that'll be intriguing Gonzaga Virginia because. My gut says Gonzaga just blitzes them like they've done to every other team this year, but it's very tough to do that against Virginia. It's tough to win by double digits against them, even though this isn't a great Virginia team. So, I don't know, Virginia's been weird. Like, Kihei Clark is just benched. I don't really understand what's going on there. I know Reese Beekman's look good for them, and maybe Kihei was just a little overhyped, but it's it's sort of a weird situation because they're clearly running through different stuff on offense and just throwing stuff at the wall. And there's been a lot of articles on, like, what is this offense that Virginia is running, and no one can really figure it out because it's just not what they typically run. Yeah, I don't like to say that Kehe Clark is
1: overhyped. I just feel like he was given a, a role that he wasn't
0: yeah uh, informed. He was, like, people That's are thinking say. that he's,
1: he's the best player on on that Virginia team, and I think he would even admit, like, no, I'm not. Like, I, I, there's a lot of other really good players on this, and it's not one of those things like, oh, he's trying to be humble and stuff. I think he genuinely believes he is not the best player on that team, and everyone out there is trying to make him that best player, and he's just like, no, like, stop. I I, I don't make know why him you guys are doing a this third to third best right player. Now. Yeah. yeah why, why why are you doing this to me? Um, but yeah, he's been given these responsibilities that he should not be given, and. Um, not even responsibilities from from the coaching staff. I'm saying, like, responsibilities from the fan base. And it's just not what Tony Bennett's asking him to do. And the the fans are upset when it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of teams have sort of figured him out. And I've realized that he can't really shoot. So his quirkiness was he could get to the basket very well. And now teams are just sagging off him a little bit more, would would be my estimation on that. But that'll be a fun game to watch. Um, All right, well... Then we'll wrap it here. We won't be back with you later in the week, but happy holidays to everyone out there listening. And we'll probably reconvene, I would say, Monday or Tuesday. I don't even know what date that puts it at. What is that, like the 29th, 20, 28th? 28th, 29th. Yeah. yeah. So so be on the lookout for that. We'll be back to kind of recap probably Iowa-Virginia and what other games happened this week. But should be a fun week. Wednesday night, a good night of College Hoops. You can follow us on Twitter, at made the number four march and we'll probably be tweeting out some of that as the games unfold this weekend but happy holidays to everyone thanks for listening and we'll talk to you guys soon the game was over